My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. I have a letter here, says, Dear Farmer Gray, our boy, one Horace Jr., has conveyed a desire to embrace the acting profession. Mother and I have never encouraged such an enterprise, but the lad seems intransigent in his avidity. Should we acquiesce to said pursuit or put our foot down firmly against it? Please advise. Signed, Performance Anxiety, Jackson, Tennessee. Well now, that is a most interesting conundrum, Mr. A., but perhaps I can benefact your adjudication by relating a recent experience of my own. You see, I consider myself most civic-minded, ready to support my fellow Truvo Mississippians no matter what enterprise they've chosen to pursue. So when our local James Morey Henson High School announced the presentation of a theatrical production featuring their most adroit scholars, I devised an obligation to attend said event. Now, there were two performances from which to choose, one on Saturday night and the next on Sunday afternoon. That's right, I said Sunday, which is, in case you were not aware... The Lord's Day, that time of the week fit for solemn worship in the old wooden church, but not for frivolity. So strike one against theater. But I am, as I said, civic-minded, and so, with Sunday attendance strictly out of the question, vis-a-vis God, I determined that the Saturday performance would be suitable, a pleasant respite, as it were, from my diurnal labors at the plow. Well, sir, come Saturday night, I took my seat in the school auditorium, surrounded by the families, friends, and other assorted well-wishers of the young thespians preparing for the business of show. The production was, you may wish to know, a musicale entitled The Music Man. Not being a habitué of the theater myself, I was not familiar with the work, and so remained blissfully ignorant of that which was to come. A granny on my left would say, Isn't it a beautiful evening for an event? And a Mimo on my right would ask, Don't our young folk do us proud? The hum of the crowd continuing in this manner until the lights came down and the auditorium was suffused with an anticipatory hush. Well, sir, the curtain opens, the audience politely applauds, and as the head of the music department strikes up the band, What should I see but a dozen of our finest young men commence what is known in theatrical circles as the opening number? And may I say, ladies and gentlemen, it was not, not a display I have come to expect from members of our fine community. For in their zeal to fulfill their dramatic ambitions, these young men had donned powders and paints, been fitted with outrageous apparel, and were moving about in a manner so inapposite to serious comportment, I doubted the visual evidence. Yes, dear listeners, these boys were, in effect, doing a dance in fancy pants. 
Now, I know the mamas and daddies of these young men, and they are good, hard-working, God-fearing people, laboring by the sweat of their brow from sun-up to sun-down, and this was assuredly nothing that they would countenance. So incensed was I by this provocation, I considered exeunt as an option, leaving the whole enterprise to collapse beneath the weight of its own epicenity. But then I thought better of it, and conjured an alternative— A dose of manly song and dance, thinks I, would be just the tonic for this emasculate exhibition. So old Farmer Gray, now Performer Gray, did just what any civic-minded Burgess would do in this circumstance. I climbed onto the proscenium before the stunned but soon-to-be-grateful crowd and made ready to sing. Yes, there it is. Isn't that nice? It's that old favorite turkey in the straw, accompanied by my own virile choreography. Come on, everybody. Join in if you've a mind to. This is a popular tune with young and old. I won't say which I am, but you can work it out. As I was gliding down the road, tired team and a heavy load, cracked my whip and the leader sprung. I says day, day to the wagon tongue. Came to a river and I couldn't get across. Paid five dollars for a blind old hoss. Wouldn't go ahead nor he wouldn't stand still. So he went up and down like an old sawmill. Turkey in the straw, turkey in the hay. Turkey in the straw, turkey in the hay. Roll him up and twist him up a high tuck a haw. And twist him up a tune called Turkey in the Straw. Turkey in the straw, turkey in the hay. Turkey in the straw, turkey in the hay. Roll him up and twist him up a high tuck a haw. And twist him up a tune called Turkey in the Straw. After the first chorus, I decided to jettison the old lyrics and treat the children to some new ones of my own invention. That's right, and socially conscious ones too, for these were impressionable youths, and this was, after all, a school. So I sang... Turn your partner out and in, then build a big wall to keep out Mexicans. Clap your hands and make some noise. Only people married should be girls and boys. Grab your tiki torch and don't be late, cause the Bible never said we had to integrate. And remember, if you want to keep your race intact, that white should marry white and never marry black. Turkey in the straw, turkey in the hay. Women at work don't deserve equal pay. The ERA has just one flaw. It's against the will of God and turkey in the straw. Turkey in the straw, turkey in the hay, steal a penny from a Jew and he'll yell oy vey, let the redskins dance like a squaw, you'll be dancing like a man doing turkey in the straw pick up your feet and do see do same sex marriage, no no no, Alaman left and Alaman right, I won't attend the wedding of two sodomites, let's go fellas, give Trump a hand cause there's nothing wrong with a Muslim ban, come on boys, give this a whirl, cause you're flouncing around like a bunch of girls well now my Utopian labors concluded, I turned back to see that the young'uns had already proceeded to the next scene of the play. But there were tears in their eyes, and a couple of the gals were sobbing outright, presumably touched and inspired by my efforts. And that made your old farmer smile. The audience itself sat dead quiet, overawed, no doubt, by the display of theatrical facility they had just beheld. And so... With no exemplar left to impart, I bowed deeply and exited the stage and the auditorium. 
Turns out it was a timely departure, for according to an article in the Clarion Ledger appearing the day after the show, seems the night I was there, some fella interrupted the proceedings with what the newspaper referred to as a racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic rant that stunned actors and audience alike. Well, sir... It's a darn good thing I left before that happened, because it surely would have raised my dander. Better I went out on a positive note. No pun intended. Yes, sir. I wish to address a delicate subject today, one seemingly unfit for mixed company, and yet apropos to the fairer half of the marriage relationship. I refer, of course, to the wife, and more specifically to her use of the lavatory. Now, I'm not talking about bathing or the application of makeup, two acceptable practices in which the female may engage within the confines of one's domestic washroom. No, sir, I... I am referring to the physiological process of solid waste evacuation, and I wish to remind all men that, despite the trickery practiced by some wives, fiancés, and even sweethearts, the truth is just this. A woman, a, a real woman, is biologically incapable of, well, to state it plainly, of defecation. Oh, I'm sure my thesis will incite all sorts of protest from the female community and even some misguided husbands. What, you say? Ladies are not capable of voiding. They are human like the rest of us, are they not? And to deny the existence of mephitic excretion on their part would be unhealthy, unwarranted, and possibly unlawful. But, friends, it is not I, Farmer Gray, who denies this function to the ladies. No, sir, it was the Lord himself. For if you scrutinize Genesis with the same exactitude as yours truly, you will come to understand that Eve may have been formed from Adam's rib, but that the lower colon was left completely out of the mix. Otherwise, the Almighty could not have made women so dainty in aspect and precious in mien. But despite the integrity of my contention, I can hear the rumblings of incertitude born of generations of casuistry. So why, dear sir, if you are indeed so clever, does my wife slash fiancé slash sweetheart excuse herself so often to use the facilities? Why, nary a day goes by that she doesn't repair to that small room at the end of the hall, seeking release from a powerful need. Well, my friend, I... I pray your heart will not be broken when I tell you that she is engaged in tomfoolery, unbridled perfidy, in fact, for when she retires to the lavatory, she has no interest in voidance. She instead seeks 
avoidance. Avoidance of a woman's chores. Preparation of the repast. Cleaning of the hearth. Tidying of the home. The dusting, the mopping, the swiffing. Owed by all women to the men who labor daily at the plow, in the factory, or even at the desk. Moreover, the corporate world is not entirely ignorant of this trickery. No, sir, the interior design industry has encouraged such faithless machinations. Why do you think ladies' restrooms are fitted with fainting couches? And I know they are. I caught sight of one when, quite inadvertently, I made a left instead of a right at the back of the pancake house off Highway 315, stepping into the female privy. Observing the lack of urinals and alert to the presence of pink, unmasculine wallpaper, I realized my error and hastily retreated, but not before noticing the well-cushioned sofa sitting just four feet behind the door. There was also some screaming involved, but as I made my egress, I assured the young lady that I was an upstanding citizen and farmer who made a simple directional error. Would that all paths were as straight as the line one plows in the field. But that's beside the point. The gist is that the seti is there to inspirit torpescence in our women— not to mention insalubrious neglect of their devoir. And I'm sure that's not the half of it. Didn't get to see the whole facility, but I strongly suspect that it was well appointed for recrementitious indolence. And if that be the case, then it stands to reason, friends, that... The next time your better half betrays an intention to use what our former British masters coyly refer to as the water closet, you should inform her in the kindest manner possible that you are wise to her impish ingenuity and that instead of pretending that her physiology would even allow her to engage in manly evacuations, Perhaps you would both be better served if she were to return to her maidenly obligations. Or say nothing. Keep mum and let the farce continue, but in doing so, throw her a slight twinkle of the eye, a little shine of the orb that tells her, Old Farmer Gray has set you straight, and you know just what she's up to. She'll get the message. Yes, sir. She will. I've got me a letter here. It says, What do you, Farmer Gray, think of our president's zero-tolerance policy against illegal immigration? Signed, Wally. Well, sir, you've posed your query to the right man. What do I think of our president's zero-tolerance policy against illegal immigration? I am, sir, 100% for it, completely in the pro column. You see, I myself employ an immigrant from south of the border, a fellow named Juan Pedro. 
late of Mexico, and quite helpful around the farm. In fact, don't know what I'd do without him. But let me assure you of something. Juan Pedro is 100% legal, papers and everything. And can he work? Boy, howdy, he can harvest an acre of alfalfa fast as any natural-born citizen of these United States. And work the plow like a native Mississippian. Why, Juan Pedro's the whole package, I dare say. His only flaw, best as I can tell, is he's a mite forgetful. Like I said, he's a hundred percent legal, swears to me he's got his papers, no reason to doubt him. But every time I ask to see them, he says, Cuando el infierno se congele el diablo blanco, which I am given to mean I left them in the nightstand next to my bed. Anyway, I'm sure those papers will turn up eventually, and on that day I will pay him a living wage. Yes, sir. Play me out, Zeke. (laughs) 